You're listening to a DM podcast. We are underway. G'day, guys. Welcome to Talking League. We're a weekly NRL fantasy podcast. I'm your host, TK. I'm here with the boys. G'day, Andy. Hello, TK. Hello, Corbs. Good to be back. And Corby. Hello, mate. Hello, boys. Boys, we've got a ripper of a show tonight. We'll be talking all the burning topics from TLT. Uh, Paul Momorowski from the Penrith Panthers will be joining us. Trade addiction warning with Shooter McGavin. <laughs> Shooter. We've got your questions answered, and we're also going to rip apart our classic squads. We've been going not too bad, but not too good. So we're all going to give each other a little bit of advice and see where we can take it for round five. But, boys, why don't we rip into some of the key talking points from TLT before Momo joins us. First one. Now, Andy, Kalen Ponga, he's back. Everyone's thinking about when he's a good pickup or maybe we just let him slide for a bit. What's your thoughts? Yeah, so look, my team, my classic team hasn't been going too well. So I've been looking to sort of try and find some value somewhere, make some sort of ballsy move like a Ponga or something like that. But looking into it, um, He's actually came back from injury two times in 2019. So last time he came back from injury, he missed two games. Mm. He came back and scored 39. And then after that game, missed three games and came back and scored 38. So see with that what you will. But I was going to go all in and pick him up this week, but I think I'm going to have to wait for him. Hey, So the Knights are depleted. They've got Watson at half. They could turn to Ponga for a bit of creativity, which could see him play well. But also, it's his first game back from a shoulder injury and also it's his first game back for the season. So that means no match fitness. Um, yes, his, this style of play does suit him well with the wing of fullback just sort of having that support player, that creative player being off the cuff, which Ponga is at. He's that step step sort of play, uh, play eyes up football, which he's gone at. But... Mm. I just think possibly just wait a week because he's I think he's eight hundred and seven k in in fantasy. It's just it's a very high price. So yeah, I was looking to get him in, but I'm going to wait to wait a week, uh, considering his history. Um, and I'll look to get him in next week. Yeah, I think that's wise words. I wouldn't maybe even wait maybe two or three weeks. I think just that speed of the game and the physicality might be. It wouldn't even surprise me if they hold him back this week as well because I know they're going to get spanked. So oh, I think so. Yeah. All right, next one, Corby, Luke Thompson. He returns. Now, we've been chatting a little bit off air about this guy. We've both seen him in the Super League. He's got the goods, and he's finally got a preseason under his belt. But can he become an elite middle? Yeah, so the average of 44 last year with minimal prep. He was stuck in that hotel, came over a bit late. Uh, he's two games at prop with an average of 54. Uh, he did get pretty decent minutes at 62 minutes. He's 184 centimetres, 102 kilo prop. So he's that smaller frame, big motor, which could suit this fast pace game. Uh, it's like seems to be, have that right build. Like it's similar to Arrow, who's at 189 centimetres and 101 kilos. Yeah. And he seems to be a bit of that bouncing bulldog, the British bulldog. Chuck that in there. Uh, <laughs> I'd be a hold and see what his place is in the team, just with uh, Jackson playing those big minutes uh, at lock yeah. at 13. Um, good intro back into the NRL against the Storm, so that'll be a, a good <laughs> tester for him. And I don't think he's going to get huge minutes like that game fitness. You could see uh, we've talked about Welch on here and a couple others. It takes a little bit to get that back in. Mm. So he might not start uh, and light the world on fire, but I think he, he will definitely be hitting those mid-50s. Yeah, cheeky draft pickup, but, mate, for some people. Yeah, well... Uh-huh. Silly, silly drop from Dave, really. <laughs> Look, you, you'd assume with the way that the Bulldogs forward pack have been going so bad, that surely there's only upside for him. I, I honestly think he could get massive minutes if he can deliver. Like, But even even last year when he was in COVID, in the lockdown, he looked like a tank, man. He's all ripped up. He's doing the, on the bosser ball, doing squats. He was, he was, he's just a workhorse. So I think he should get the minutes. And look, Jack Hetherington, Dylan Napper, Ofahiki Ogden, they're not they're not lying the world on fire. Uh, I think he's in for a big a big season. I reckon. All right, boys. Next up, Luke Brooks. Now I've been hit up a lot about this bloke. Now I think he's getting a little bit crucified. He's averaging fifty one. They've played the 
four of the top eight sides from last week, from last year, sorry. Next four games, they've got Cowboys, Souths, Manly, and Dragons. I think Luke Brooks is a massive hold. If he's averaging 51 against those blokes, he might average 60 against some of these cats coming up. Two of those teams haven't even won a game yet. <laughs> like, you can't cut him. He's made you something close to 70 grand. He's only at 600. I don't think anyone with Brooksy should be cutting him before the last Dragons game. He'll put 50 on the Dragons by himself. <laughs> well, what was the stat? In 2020, he made uh, three try assists in 2020. And in last week's game, he made That's three right. in, in general. Like, he, he's on fire. He, he is due to come good. So this this could be his years. So like even just that stat alone, three try assists for the whole year of 2020. Absolutely. Last week had three try assists. So, I think he's playing very, yeah. very well. And I think everyone should hold and just cool it a little bit on Brooksy. Just but, that all. All right, next up, Jack Bird. Really been impressed with him for round two. Sorry, one and two. And then obviously he was, just, sorry, two and three, and he was suspended for four. Now, Andy, I'm not sure if he's in your team, but could he be a key buy coming up? Yeah, look, I've been looking at him. Um, so his first round, he scored 13 points, but he did have seven missed tackles. Naturally, he's had almost two years out of the game with two knee injuries. So that first round was always going to be tough for him. But round two, 40, and round three, 36, he looks like he's going to come uh, above average center, which the center options this year, they're very rare. So Bird could be a good pickup. So I've got Tessie New at center, and he's 353K. I'm actually looking to do a bit of a, a sideways trade, which in turn will be good for me because it's a sideways trade to Bird, mm. uh, which he, we're locking down that center spot. And testing you, you have to believe he, he's going to lose that spot to Stags when he comes back. So yeah. it, it might be a trade for the future. But I'm thinking about doing that this week with a, a testing you to Bird trade because mate, 40 and 36, and he didn't really do much in those games either. So look, him with a couple of tackle breaks. The Dragons are looking hot at the start of the season. Look, to, to in their defense, I, I shat on them. I, I, I said they were for the spoon. But, yeah, look, they've made me eat my words, and I'm looking for Jack Bird for a, a center position for me. I actually like that trade for you, Mandy. I think he's going to fulfill a little bit of potential coming up. He's going to get a little bit of confidence back. And you said that price is not going to cost you anything to do it. Hmm. He's just a placeholder new, and Bird is a representative center. I like him. No, 100%. All right, Corbs, baby goat. He's back, Harry Grant. Now, at the moment, he's on the extended bench, but you'd have to expect that he's going to come into that 17 somewhere. What are your thoughts kind of on his first few weeks back? And then I think we're going to talk a little bit about a couple other middles as well. Yeah, so he's he's priced at that 823K and has a break even of 63. Um, I'm split on this one because I, <laughs> I own him in draft as we first pick up. And I want him back 80 minutes ASAP. But as a classic, um, with all those hookers making good coin, give them another couple of weeks and they're starting to max out and Grant could lose a bit and it could be that, I mean, you might have to put a little bit of extra money, but it could be a nice little um, upgrade to Grant. Uh, Surely it's only one week, maybe two, if he does play those limited minutes um, because... He's a weapon. Like his last game was 65 fantasy points. That was in origin in the hardest arena ever in the game. Uh, and he only played 56 minutes. So it's exciting as an owner. I'm also interested just to see how this new look storm's going to be with the baby goat steering them around. I know it's probably Munster's team, but uh, I think it all starts there at the ruck. Okay. You're not wrong. You wanted you had some other stuff to talk about. Do you have alternatives? Is that what you want to yeah, talk about? Yeah, so but he's they're starting to like. So there's a couple. Uh, Tom Alolo, who's coming back, and he's had some really terrible scores. I don't like. We really talk people off getting him. Madison uh, with that head knock, he's got a very high break even too. There's so there's a couple of players now, uh, and looking around that round five or six, that you start to look to um, target. They're just as important as picking up those cheapies because you can get them at 100, 150K cheaper than what they started at. Um, mm. So, yeah, they're, they're two other big names that I don't know about Tom Alolo. I still need to see some more increased minutes. And oh, Cowboys, I'm just steering clear of them at the moment. <laughs> um, but Madison, if he comes down a bit, he uh, he's definitely one I could um, target in the edge. Nice. Hey, yeah. just, just quickly, uh, so the top four – 
price earners of for this for this uh, year so far. Jaden Braley, who would have thought it? Three hundred k, three hundred six k since the start of the season. That's massive. So, and Connor Watson two fifteen, third Dane Laurie, and fourth one hundred sixty six k Reed Marnie. So, they're the they're the the money earners so far. <laughs> Andy, I've got the next guy I want to talk to is for you. You've got to get this guy in your draft team, Morgan Harper. Now, half an hour ago, Manly have confirmed that Mirza Sully has a fractured back. Mm. He's out up to six weeks. Oh, I didn't. Okay, I didn't know that. Now, even in kind of classic, this guy's a good player at four hundred and five k. He might be a little bit too expensive. He only does have a break even of thirty one, but he moved to Manly from Canterbury last year. Played the last four games at centre. He averaged forty three. Found the try line three times in four games. His base stats are ultra impressive. 129 metres, 15 tackles, four tackle breaks. Did it in all four games. This kid's got game. And I'm telling you, if he's got an opportunity now, it's his first game of the year. For those in the draft who are struggling with centres and might want to take a punt on someone, I think Morgan Harper is your man. Even if they bring Turbo back. Like the other guy, Brad Parker, he's been horrendous as well. Like I could see maybe Turbo and Morgan Harper both being in the centres next week and him doing a little kind of switcheroo with Dylan Walker at different stages of the match as well. But... I like Dylan, Morgan Harper. You get in that. You put your phone in there now, Andy. <laughs> well, I seen I seen him. Uh, I did see last season he had uh, around 17, 18, 19, 20. So those last four rounds where he scored 57, 63, 22, and 29. The 17, 18, he did score two tries in the first one, one try in the second. Um, the only problem with that is I don't see Manly scoring that many tries. They're just. They're just going terrible at the moment. Like with you think that, you, how do you think that when Turbo comes back that they play better? How can one fullback make them play better than what they're playing Man, now? I, I reckon when Tommy's back, they will play better. Think about the but analogy what's, when you when you've ever played in a sports team and there's a star player in the team. What's the difference between Michael Jordan playing in a team and not playing in a team? And I would compare Tommy Turbo to Michael Jordan in Manly's occasion. I'm telling you, he's going to make the best out of everyone. This is the psychology of him 100%. being in the team. Everyone boosts everyone. Mate, when we play at Oztag now, when our best player is out, the psychology you mean, of us is going to win. When I'm out? No, we need to make the grand final without you. <laughs> we actually went further without you. You're like, you're Moses Sully. <laughs> he, he, he definitely won games from last year. They need him. He, he is that good. He is. So basically, he is what you're telling me is Morgan Harper won't play good until he's there next week when Tommy Turbo's in. I think he'll do his base stats this week, and then he could be adding some scoring stats next week when Tommy sets him up. Look, I do need these. I do need these winger fullback specials. So you've got. I'm yeah. going to give you a 24 hour window, <laughs> and if it's not done by an hour before kickoff on Thursday, I'll be picking him up. All right. I'll be doing my stats. I'll have a little have a little um, research. Uh, it's either him or Marini Harati from the Sharks, who's killing it at the moment. So I'll do a bit of stats and I'll get back to you, TK. Andy, sticking on you. Now, Ryan Sutton, he's had a couple of impressive performances for the Raiders. Actually start, mm-hmm. moves into the starting team this week at number 10. What are you thinking of him? Is he a benefiter of uh, inflated minutes or does he have a bit of game? Uh, look, with, with him, the Raiders – have great props in Papali and was it Dynamis Louis? Um, I think the problem with Ryan Sutton is his versatility. So, look, it happened a couple of times last year where there's a couple of injuries and he had to fill in that prop and lock. And when he was in lock, he was just killing it. Um, so, two weeks ago, when they versed the Warriors, he's in his minutes increased because it had what four people on the bench. So, mm. he was he scored like was I think it was like 80 points, 89 points. It was ridiculous. But yeah. last year, Sutton, when he started, he averaged 49.2 points. Every other time we started from the bench, it was 36.9. Um, with Tarpany out, it helped him last round as well. We scored a, a bit of an extra couple of points there. But I, I only think he's a bit of a, a option if he's starting. But if you're saying he's starting in number 10, mm. Um, I think there, there might be some value in him. Um, let me just give me two seconds uh, to what he is paying. Ron Sutton. So, yeah, he's paying 400, 498K, which is a bit of a massive price. and It's a massive risk to pick him as a money earner when you've got the likes of Tino, who scored 80 last week at 550. Um, I just don't think... 
I think he's too inconsistent to say that he's a bit of a scorer or he's a bit of an option um, to become the real deal. Uh, I think maybe a couple of weeks, see how he goes and see if his starting position number 10 becomes the real deal. And if he locks that down, then maybe pick him up. But he's too risky for me. Um, okay. Look, if you if you were trying to struggle for a couple of things and you would need to make that ballsy play, maybe try him. But yeah, for me, he's too risky. Okay. Last thing we want to talk about from the team list. Now, Keon Kolomatungi is out suspended. Crusher, two weeks. Now, Corby, you were big on him a few weeks ago. What's your thoughts now? Yeah, he started solid with that 45 and didn't really do too much. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's not too bad. But then it went downhill, 37 uh, and a 27 for around that 70 minutes. Now, you picked up on this. This is a, a Wayne trait where he plays his edges for that 70 minutes, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah, he did that early season. So when I was like looking at this, oh, I, I did pick up. With an 80-minute hooker in Cook, then you've got Arrow Murray with the big minute forwards. It doesn't seem, and, and Wayne's little um, history with the 70-minute edge, doesn't seem like he's going to get 80 minutes. He needs time to tick over. The other thing I noticed too, he play, he's playing on the left, and that excited me because they've got a, a weapon left edge. Yeah. But he's just that decoy runner every time, and they just go out the back all day, every day to Latrell. And I mean, why wouldn't you when they're having so much success? There may be the odd game where they just do hit him on that short ball on the on the unders line, and and he will score big. But overall, I, I don't think he's going to be that. Um, I think he'll pick up Jewel too, round six. Yeah, but yeah. I don't think I'll be going out of my way for him. I dropped him in draft and won't be going after just him. One second, I've got a new sound, but you need to tell me that he's a trap. <laughs> Yeah, he's a trap. He's a trap for sure. Trap city bitch. Trap, trap city bitch. Trap city bitch. Trap, trap city bitch. Trap city bitch. Trap, trap city bitch. That is good. I really, I was dancing to that. That's great. We, you know, we should actually put the video of this onto somewhere on YouTube or something because sometimes it's good seeing the faces of all of us. That was good. Uh, you, uh, well, there's no was, longer an intern needed for sounds. You've got it back. <laughs> I was going to say, um, he reminds me of, mate, I think it was like four or five years ago, Glenn Stewart was a gun player for the Bunnies, but he was killing it, right? But the only problem with him was he was one of the best dummy runners you'd ever seen. So he'd run the line. He'd be a great player. He'd break the line and make pit plays tackling, but he would never get the ball. It's the same scenario where you would be watching the game and you'd see the ball go his way it just cut him out and go to the next player because he was always at dummy run. So you'd hate to do, you'd hate to be training with him. Like, oh boys, can we run that again? <laughs> can we run it again? <laughs> All you'd be doing is just decoying. You don't do anything. Yeah. I tell you what, I'm gonna have that Trap City song in my head for the whole night tonight. Trap City bitch, trap trap city bitch, trap city bitch, trap trap city bitch, trap city bitch. All right, let's move on. We've got the man himself, Momo. Paul Momorowski joining us, so let's catch up with Momo. All right, guys, joining me on the podcast today is Panthers Young Gun and Strike Center, Paul Momorowski. Paul, welcome to the podcast, mate. Hey, mate, how you going? Doing very, very well. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today, mate. So let's talk a little bit about your move firstly because, you know, you've been to some quality programs. You know, you've been to the Roosters and people don't realize that you were 18th man for the 2018 Grand Final. Last year, you had that swap deal with the Storm and you were part of their Grand Final team as well. And then obviously, you had that one year with the Tigers. But now that you moved to the the Panthers, how did it all kind of come together? And kind of what was your initial first thoughts of moving to Penrith? Yeah, um, I think, like you said, I've sort of been a part of some good systems, and I think that's really helped me. Um, I think people have looked at the the whole four, sort of four clubs in four years as like a negative, but it's been nothing like a positive for me. Um, I've learned so much over my time over those few places I've been at, and um, I think you can you won't argue that kind of the, the three teams that to, uh, every club in the NRL sort of strives to be like at the moment. So I guess to have a piece of all of that has been really beneficial to me. And I'm only I'm only still young in my career, so to have that experience behind me, I think it's nothing but a positive. Um, with the Penrith thing, yeah, it's kind of come up late. Um, I think I've spoken about publicly that I guess both me and the Tigers was like it was trying to find the right situation for both clubs and what both sort of clubs, uh, both the club and myself needed. And 
this Penrith opportunity came about and it worked out. I think you can see with Dan Laurie, he's added another dimension to the Tigers' attack. And um, for me, it's worked out. I've come to a, another great system and with some great players and it's been really beneficial for me too. So there's no animosity between me and the Tigers. It was never ever an unhappy sort of splitting. It was just sort of finding out what was best for both clubs. Yeah, definitely. Now, mate, Ivan Cleary, he originally recruited you to the Tigers and then you didn't get a chance to play under him, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, I had a few meetings with Ivan before I moved to the Tigers and I was excited to work under him and it didn't work out that time, but it's worked out now. Definitely, mate. Now, talk to me a little bit about Penrith culture because for a team that's so young, you all look so close, you're all laughing on the field, off the field you look like just good mates. What's it like behind the scenes? Yeah, it's crazy. I think um, for someone coming into that, um, I've always... Versus Penrith going up against the Roosters, we versed them all the, all in the juniors. We had a fair few big games against them, 18s grand final, 20s grand final. We versed them in the nines when I was at the Roosters. And always, it's been the same players consistently coming through those grades, and I feel like that's really helped them. And you can see it like they're very close, and like I think it's something like 22 Penrith juniors are in that team. So that's crazy to see these guys have been coming through the systems together, and now you see them in a professional environment in, in the top grade and. Nothing's changed. Like I think for, for me, being at those other clubs like the Roosters of Melbourne and stuff, you you see what they have, and it's been built over a long time. But these guys, it's like for so for being so young, they're so professional. Yep. It's actually quite. I, I mean, I walked in and I was like, "Wow, this is this is impressive." Mate, speaking about professionalism, I spoke to your assistant coach, Cam Seraldo, during the off-season, and the early impression that you left on the playing group was quite impressive. They said you did a lot of extra video work, you know, your standards at training was just through the roof. Kind of, where do you pick that up from? Was that something you always wanted to kind of do coming into a new club? Uh, yeah, it's not necessarily just coming to a new club. I think whenever you go to a new club, you need to put a little bit more extra effort to learn what they do and how they do it. But for me, I think that work ethic came from my early days at the Roosters. Um, that was sort of ingrained into everyone there. And I'm very lucky to come up in the way I came up in terms of that through that system. I think it gave me a really good base. And I was exposed to some high-level training and high-level competition or training early. So I, I credit a lot, a lot to that. That system really helped me. And it's kind of something that sticks with you, I think, especially that last year down in Melbourne, being down there for one year, kind of, you have to, you have to learn to learn things quickly. I think yeah. when, you've, when you've been in the system for a while, you know the system, you adapt with it. Some minor changes here and there, but when you have to come in and learn something straight away, it's almost like a skill you have to pick up. You have to be really adaptable, and I feel like that helped me move into the Panthers this, this time around. And It's always something I like to do. I like to do a little bit of extra video stuff, a little bit of all the stuff that's not physical because there's only so much phys- physical things you can do. Yeah. I think once you're preparing your body week in, week out, there's all the other stuff besides besides the physical stuff that you can you can do. So I feel like that's something I've always liked to do. Yeah. Paul, just sticking on the physical side of things, you know, the new rules have really, you know, increased the intensity of games, the speed of games, and obviously the physicality for you guys as well. How has that kind of, you know, we're only four games in, but how has that kind of affected you both mentally and physically? Um, not too much in terms of preparation for games. I, think, I feel like we had a shorter preseason, so you're having to cram more work into less time I guess that was kind of tough but, but I really enjoyed the shorter preseason I, I feel like I'm prepared for the season fitness wise and all that yep. I think you can sit there and judge the injuries that are happening and it's very unfortunate for some of the major injuries to some of the players I think no one's no one in the league's happy when you see someone go down for the season or anything mm-hmm. so I'm not going to sit here and comment on that I'm not a scientist I'm not a sports scientist I'm not anyone that can analyse that but it's not ideal and if I guess through the whole season, if it shows that the injury toll is a lot higher, then I guess that's something they have to assess. But in terms of preparing more physically, I think it's just you just have to be you just have to be prepared for eighty minutes every week. There's small little lapses can turn into two to three tries real quickly in this, in the game now, and I think you see that with the blowout scores on the weekend. So I feel like it's one of those things that there's not that there was ever any easy periods in the game, but there was probably a good 20-second break here or there that we, you could reset yourself and maybe focus on the next job quicker than what you do now. It's kind of just all go, 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 which is fine. I guess it's suiting us at the moment. Yep. I feel like we're, we've adapted to it quite well, but whether that's the way forward, I don't know. I don't, I'm don't. i not someone that's going to make those decisions in the game. But yeah, from yeah. what I've noticed, it, it like you can just, just from looking at the games, it's just what's been happening is there has been some blowout scores. 
Yeah, for sure. Now, mate, the left side, strong side is getting a lot of the raps. But, mate, I like the right side because you, Capes, and also Charlie Staines playing off Nathan Cleary. Can you tell me, just talk to me a little bit about the combos you have with all three of those boys? Yeah, they're really good. Um, obviously, Nathan's the best halfback in the competition. I don't think many people would argue with that. So he makes it very easy. I think for us, it's um, worrying about our defence. Mm-hmm. That left left side gets a lot of attention, and rightfully so. People like Kikau and Crichton and Brian Tottle can do things that not many people in the NRL can. But I think it's for us, it's like a, it's a balanced squad. Like not like you said, it's not left side sort of strong. So I feel like we, us as a right edge, we put a lot of onus on our defence. We try to really, really shut teams down that way. And when opportunities come our way, we like to try to take them. So. I feel like it's been a good balance so far. I think when you watch our game, people will make comments about the left edge, but we feel as a right edge, we're, our duty to the team is to make sure that we're we're ready to go when the ball comes to us. Yeah, nice. Mate, with Dylan Edwards being out, are you guys doing much training? Because I've seen, like, last week in the game, you guys switched a few different positions. Are you also training kind of on the wing at fullback? Are you all kind of rotating through that? Um, not not, not really. We um, got pretty much full faith in Stephen Crichton to do I think he did a really good job there. I think at the end of the game, Charlie Staines went back there last week and um, that was just, I think, I'm actually not too sure. I didn't even really notice that happened until <laughs> like five minutes to go. But um, no, we've got full faith in Stephen to do the job there. And when Dylan comes back and we all know how good Dylan is and the professional is, I'm sure he'll be back and he'll be ready to go straight away. Yeah, definitely. Now, mate, Friday night, huge game. Two of the best teams in the competition. You guys play the Raiders, but on that kind of where you and Charlie are facing, you guys got Croker and Rapana. Now, that's a lot of experience to come up against. It's kind of like the youth and speed versus the experience, but have you ever came across uh, Jared Croker before? Uh, yeah, I've versed him, but I was on the wing that game. It wasn't sort of a matchup against him. From, from my memory, I'm pretty sure I was on the wing. Look, they're a great team. They've been playing consistent for a while now, and they're never an easy easy game. Um, like I said, Jared Croker, pretty sure he's in the top five or whatever point score is now, like you, you know, he's a threat, and Rapana is always dangerous. And you can't forget you got Jack White and yeah. Elliot Whitehead. So there's a strong edge there, but I think that's sort of what we we sort of live for. I think you want to come up against those good teams. It's a long season. You have games where you do uh, you really like look forward to matchups, and these guys are definitely a test for us. Definitely. Now, mate, I've got a few audience questions to wrap things up. The first one, now, I told you before we started that you've become a bit of a fantasy league god because of your, your scoring. Now, everyone's nicknaming you Momo. Now, what is your actual nickname? Um, it's, yeah, I, I get anything that shortens the last name, Momo, Momos, anything that really short, shortens that last name, people try to, <laughs> people use, and like, I don't have a favorite, I don't have a preference, it's Whatever you, whatever okay, you can cool. do to get, get the name out, mate. One way's going nuts at the moment. But the next question, they wanted to know online. There's a lot of talk that you have a Macedonian heritage. What is your family yep. background? Yeah, I've got. A, I'm Macedonian. Um, both, both sides. Parents, uh, okay. Both sides. Yeah. So I'm. Yeah, I'm proud. I'm proud of that. I don't shy away from any of that. Um, don't think I might be the only one in the NRL at the moment with that background, which is, I guess, pretty cool. But yeah, I'm. I'm definitely Macedonian. Perfect. Okay, next one. Who has been the toughest opposition centre you've played against in your career so far? Mm, um, yeah, I've come up against some good ones. Um, I guess for different reasons, there's different players that are tough to come up against. I think Nick Kotrick's like just hard to tackle in general. Um, I guess that's just like a recency bias. One of them a couple of weeks ago. He's a tough man to handle in general. Um but then I've come up against Dan Gagai a couple of times, and those South teams are always hard to verse, hard to beat. Um, yeah, I guess I don't know. It's hard. I think gone are the days of where the, the centre matchup is exploited ten times a game, where you get a one on one. I feel like it's it's not really that like that anymore. It's it's sort of all, all edge defence. Like the times you get to tackle your centre in a game one on one might be twice, three times. So it's kind of hard to really judge that but I guess I've been lucky enough to be in some good teams where like Josh Morris was, was a tough one last year I guess with that Roosters side that left edge being so so strong mm. I think that was that, that was another good one he's been in the game for so long he's so, so experienced and it's hard to sort of break down that him defensively which is um yeah, it's a credit to him. He's been doing it for a long time. Definitely. Now, mate, you've got an amazing strike rate scoring tries. You scored 17 <laughs> tries out of your 23 appearances in first grade. Now, the audience want to know, 
in terms of when you were coming up through the juniors, did you always have a unique ability to find the try line? Uh, I think you get. I think I feel feel like you get that stuff through all your junior footy. You just get used to. I've always been the outside backs, and I guess you you like scoring tries, right? I think I feel like it's something that it's not something you go and chase every game. It's there might be little plays here and there that you might be able to exploit the other team's defense out. But in terms of where it's come from, I guess it's just putting yourself in the right position. I feel like I'm. I've had a knack of possibly finding myself in the right place at the right time. Not necessarily. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a tough one to sort of pinpoint. Like I don't go out there going, I want to score a try today. It's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm sure you you want to, and you <laughs> you you hope you do because you want to impact the team and help the team win. But yeah, I guess I've kind of just found myself in the right place at the right time. Love it, mate. Well, all the best of luck for the game on Friday night, mate. And really, really looking forward to more and more tries in this season. I know you don't go for the tries, mate, but we need them. So keep doing what yeah. you're doing, my man. I appreciate that. Thank you, mate. All right, boys. Back for a moment, mate. What a fella. I like him. We'll get him back. Hey, how about, just quickly, how about his uh, left side, strong side comment? Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was, that was gonna, we'll start on its right side, strong side. I actually think the right side's better. <laughs> All right, boys, why don't we, before we answer everyone's questions, rip apart our classic, our great mate Shooter McGavin, he's got a little message for everyone. And I think coming up to round five, I think it's a very important thing. And we're all about kind of saving people from addiction here, you know, whether it's alcohol, drugs, whatever it is, always should get some help. So with trades, you should also get some help. Hey, boys, Shooter here. I was just yakking to Tristy on your messenger and we're, Talking about the perils of a trade addiction, so thought I'd call through and uh, bring a bit of awareness to it. Um, bit of a background: last season, I was sitting in the top fifty, top one hundred for about the first one or two months, and um, I was flying. But then I just got this real bad habit of um, trading every week when I didn't need to. So you know, you could have a good solid score scoring, they might score 35, 40 points instead of their 50, 55, 60 on an on off week or against shit weather or whatever. And um, I'd just be like, nah, you're gone. And I just would not give any chances whatsoever. And I'd be flying in my head-to-heads. I was flying through the season, all that. And it come to finals and I had about 11 players left because I had no trades. Um, it's a pretty horrible thing to go through, to be honest. I don't even look forward to the team namings on Teamless Tuesday. I just look forward to making a trade. I've uh, tried to be a bit better this year, but I've still used all my trades so far, but I feel like they've been a bit forced. Um, yeah. You could have a segment on uh, what not to do with Shooter. I'll be, be happy to get in on that. Cheers, boys. Wow. You're a brave man shooter. Like, it took a lot of guts to stand up and say that you've got a problem. Shooter, thank you very much for sending that in, mate. I tell you what, it's you're not alone. Look, the, the addiction is the real, the lust, the desire to trade is so real. And look, uh, it's happened to us multiple times. I, I almost I almost traded in Kalen for Junior Paulo this week, but I just, look, it, talking to a couple of the mates decided me to, to bring me down to earth and go, hey, reevaluate, have a think about this. Let's just, yeah, just deal. So, look, yeah, look, what, what my advice would be is, look, if you, if you have that addiction, talk to a couple of mates, bring, bring, the, bring the thought in, talk about your trades before you make them. And yeah, look, look, I feel for you, buddy. You got a counseling future, Andy. Corbs, you got anything to add? <laughs> <laughs> no, hearing something like that, um, yeah, it's it's got to make heart. you think. You got to hold hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> really limped over the line with eleven players too. <laughs> now, do you also have a a problem? You call the hotline o two eight four zero five seven nine four seven. Let us know about your addiction. We we may not be the best of um <laughs> best advice, but look, we can definitely listen. <laughs> All right, boys, let's move on. We've got some questions to answer. Why don't we start with this one? Hey, fellas, it's Mark from the Gold Coast. Um, I was just asking about uh, Nathan Cleary is a dead set weapon. 
Uh, we knew it last year, but this year he has gone to another level. Uh, and a lot of people talk about how you don't want to rip up your team to get one player in. But can we make an exception here for Nathan Cleary? Because it seems like he's a dead set must-have. Thanks for your thoughts. Trap city bitch. Trap, trap city bitch. Trap city bitch. Trap city bitch. Trap city bitch. My intern just hit that button. What, what are you yeah, doing? You, you, we need that intern back because that's a massive call. We could have a massive argument about this one tonight. Corby, why don't you kick yeah, us off our discussion? I really don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see here yours because I know as a non-owner, you're trying to get this big defense against him, and there's a little bit of um, a little bit of annoyance that you didn't jump on him. I mean, he cracked the million, first one to crack the million. You guys said he wouldn't go near that. Average of 91. He's just that easy captain. As someone that did pick him up, uh, I was worried. Like it was always that sort of double edge. Do you go for value, or do you just go for points? And um, mm. yeah, it seems to be paying off at the moment, but. I, I do see where your argument's going to go, but at the moment, it is falling my way. I just feel that he's played rubbish teams. He's played three teams that haven't won a game yet. That's why he's averaging 90. You know, Fafita only averages 72. You're not If you captain Fafita, you're not losing much out, and he's, what, 300 grand less. But do you know what the problem is there, TK? His name is Cleary. Every man, the, I reckon they've got about, Five people who dissect about 20 people's stats. Yeah. But they've got one person documenting Nathan Cleary's stats, and they're just sort of oh, – anything yeah. he touches, he's, he's got the name factor. They're going to give him points. So I'm actually – I'm upset that I missed Cleary. I, I was trying to get him in. I can't afford him. I, he, he's just too right. He's just too much. I can't trade that many people to get him. I'd lose too much to get him, so I can't. Yeah, um, that's why I'm kind of with you because I think it's going to cost too much in trades to bring him in. I did go back and just have a look at some of the stats from 2020 just to see his record against the top eight teams and not top eight teams. Not top eight teams, he averaged 74. Against top eight teams, he averaged 69. So he's a bit of a – he's a bully. So I can't wait for Cameron to rip him apart this week. Tarpin is just going to rip him apart. It will be interesting when they're taking on the Raiders because, yeah, that's a massive step up from the teams where he's just had total control. Mm. And it's also going to be quite interesting to see how he handles the origin period because he's going to be the main playmaker. There's going to be, what, from rounds 13 to 17, and then, like, it's different footy. The way he comes out of that, you might not want to pick him up. It's going to be interesting. He's already 39% owned. Like, I just think that I'm going to rip my part, rip, rip apart my team to try and fit him in, and I'm going to weaken other positions. Well, like yeah. Corby was saying, Corby was saying that he, he really loves that last 20 to 15 minutes where he just rips in, he runs the ball, gets those line breaks. Try that against a good team who can actually play 80 minutes. Mm. Like, I think like, we'll get a good gauge, won't we, boys, on Friday night? Yeah, that, I'm interested. Sorry, mate, you go. Yeah, I was thinking about this one, though. Like, I think he, you've got Burton there. Why wouldn't you rest him in origin period? I'm thinking I might downgrade him uh, a little bit before and hopefully he's still at that fairly high price about the mill. Um, so you haven't lost anything. You've got all the points and, um, yeah, pick up a bit of value over Origin because, yeah, I don't think you can hold him. After listening to Tom uh, on last week's pod, mm. I think, yeah, yeah, his strategy around the buys and Origin you, got me thinking. He does have a, to his defense though, Cleary does have a really low break even this week of 61, considering he's averaging 90. So he should be able to break 61 this week. So you're not going to lose money even at a million bucks. He could hit two mil. (laughs) 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 Uh, Where's that? I've got to get my intern. Intern, what are you doing? All right, next one. Yeah, g'day. Daniel here from Toowoomba. Just wondering what the go is with Alex Twoll. Thought he was going to be a great uh, pod. And he played the first buy round, uh, but only got 31 minutes and never come back on in the second half. Uh, I didn't get to see the game, but wondering if it was an injury or if Madge is just doesn't like him anymore. If you could uh, shed some light on it, that'd be great, boys. You Love might, your work. You might have hit the head like Madge doesn't like anyone. Andy, you've got to take it away. Yeah, so Daniel, look, mate, I was at this game and I also had that same thought because I have him in my draft um, and I was a bit upset because he came come off, but he was killing it. He had like 30, 
39 points for 31 minutes. It was killing it for PPM. But he just didn't get back on. And I, I think he the biggest deficit for him was his lack of offensive stats. So all of last year, he had uh, he had zero offloads last year. So from, from 20 games, he had zero offloads, mm. which is horrendous. And I think that's what the Tigers lacked. So they had, I mean, I think, I haven't got the stats here, but Luciano Lelua made up five offloads in one game. So I think the, the offensive game is what he was lacking there. And when when Parramatta left ahead, they were so far behind, I feel like they needed to have that attacking stat. So they, I think they they left Twiley off and put Embi back in the middle with Little gone back to half, uh, or to hooker, sorry. So that, I think he went for that sort of style of attacking prowess with Embi. Uh, um, but I wouldn't worry about him for next week because looking at the bench of the Tigers, and they've got Cheekham, McKayley, Offhand Gowie, and uh, for Lockmere, Ostefano, Utoika Minor, which they're not locks. So look for Twali to push back for a 50-plus this week. But I tell you what, it does worry me the fact that Madge is playing mind games with his minutes. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a bit upset because I have him. Um, but yeah, I, I'm. I, I was. I was the same reason. I, I was looking up all the things. I was looking up NRL physio, looking up all, f- physio Phil. I'm like, what's happening with Twally? What's a go? So yeah. I might actually text Philly because Philly has um, ties with the Lebanese community. Um, community. At least, well, he's in the Lebanese ga- team. So I'll text him and see what the go is, but see if he gets some intel. So <laughs> look, stay tuned. We'll, we'll get some inside goss from physio Phil. But yeah, yeah look, mate, uh, next week he, he, I'm pushing for him to score 50 plus. So yeah, stay tuned. Okay, nice one. Hey, boys. My name's Lukey G. Uh, I can go Avarilla. Avarillo to O'Sullivan and play Dylan Walker in my centres this week, which saves me a trade. Or I can go Avarilla to Sam Walker and Little to Peachy, which shores up my centres with the potential of grabbing O'Sullivan next week. What's the best trade? Cheers. Andy, I think that's you again, mate. Yeah, it is me. And first off, mate, I would not be trading Little out. So um, for some... Like you said, we, I mentioned the the Tigers bench earlier, and there is no bench hooker. Mm. So we've got Embi at centre, and Little should be playing 80 minutes this week. So do not trade him out. Um, the trade there, I think he's got a break even of 13 for round five, which is Little. So he's got some money to be made. So just hold on a Little trade. My trade would be the Avrilo to Walker. I wouldn't go Avrilo to Sullivan because Sullivan's paying, I think he's 380. So 374K mm. and Walker is 250K. He's 120K cheaper. So I would be going Avrilo to Walker because the Rooster Shear class around the field, he's going to score points. He was kicking. He was kicking as well. Oh, was he kicking or was, was it Takiyo? No, he kicked one. Yeah, he kicked one. So he yep. has the ability to keep it. It doesn't matter. The sheer class around him, he's got, he's got Crichton running off him. So any, any half that has Crichton running off him, the points are going to be massive. So I'll be going Avarillo to Walker if you want to do that trade and just keeping little. I'll, I'll just make the one trade and look with your centers. Um, uh, play Walker. Play Walker. He's got one last chance at, at fullback. So he, he, Morgan Harper's there at, at his center spot. So surely Walker plays through his skin to get his center spot back. So yeah, I'll be playing Walker. Overload to Walker. Be uh, also Walker and Walker. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so do that trade, mate. Like that one. Like that one. Next one. Hey lads, it's uh, Ian Floggett or Floggy on Twitter call. Uh, just looking to get a bit of advice. Uh, my mids are pretty cooked at the moment. Uh, and, and just looking at Brooks, Brooks is pretty well peaked, and I, I'm, I'm rocking him at the moment. But uh, there's, there's, there's too many halves here. So looking to trade him in, I've got about 70k left in the bank as well. Um, trying to sort out what's going on with me mids. I've, I've got Crichton, so I, I, I can actually switch out a mid or an edge, um, or trying to look for a decent mid or a, or a decent edge, and then just put Crichton in the spot that the other one uh, doesn't fit. Um, so that's what I'm looking for. Um, Brooks, I don't know, he's, he's got, got three three tries here, so I don't expect him to get that every week. So I think he's, he's probably not going to make me too much more cash. And, uh, yeah, thanks for the pod, lads. Uh, and uh, sort Corbs out. He's pending our mandate for too long. Need to sort something out. Cheers. 
Flogsy. Flogsy and Corby. Did you, did you brush Flogsy at Newey? Yeah, that was the Newey yeah, one. Yeah, that it? was uh, two. Oh, when Tigers beat him. Uh, but then I was back home over the weekend. Um, Are you playing hard yeah, to get, mate, with Flogs? No, no, we'll, we'll get there for a beer. Hey, It'll hey, happen. <laughs> shout out to Flogsy. Next year, hey, if Power play Newcastle, we go there, I think, oh, we we do, but I think it's a terrible timing. So, anyways, we'll catch up soon. <laughs> Everyone will catch up. Now, Flogsy, you got, even though I don't want you to drop Brooks, you said you got too many halves, so you're going to do it anyway. So 600K plus the 70 you've got in the bank. So you've got 670 to spend. I've got three options for you. Really liking Lisa Armour. 491k that will save you 179k back in the bank. Now he's going to start, and uh, Aiden Fanua Blake is out six to eight weeks, and you've also got Bunny Afoa out a couple of weeks. I actually think he's playing better than Bunny Afoa, and he's averaging 48 whether Fanua Blake's in the team or not. So he's going to take a little bit more responsibility. His round five break even is 21. So if you want to get him in, get him in this week. So that's going to save you 179k. That would be option number one. Now you've got two other options. Now, one's a little bit more risky. The other one's got more to do with it, a star player. Star player first, Josh Papali, 661K. He's come into a lot of form. He's averaging 50, definitely not a pot at 14%. You've got to realize, though, he's got great base stats, but he's an origin player. So at some stage, he's probably going to go off the ball as well, and you're going to have to drop him during that origin period. Now, my gunman is Joseph Tarpany. You take out his injury day, and he's actually averaging 61 off only 41 minutes played. He's got great spats, base stats this year, 28 tackles, five tackle breaks, nearly 140 metres, and a couple off-roads. He's a non-origin player, pod potential at only 2% ownership. The boy's just got X-Factor. He's an elite middle, and he will change the game for you. The only concern is him coming off injury. So you might want to maybe give it a week or two just to see how he recovers. Ankles are not good. But apart from that, if he recovers in the next couple of weeks, Get on board the Tarpany Express. He's elite middle. <laughs> the Tarpany Express. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's a new one. I like that. All right, let's move on. We've got our boy. Kyle here from NZ. Hope you guys all had a uh, good scoring weekend. Um, lads, I've got Tex Hoyer. My team obviously the prick did a boo-boo last week and uh, didn't make enough cash for me to, to grab who I really wanted. I've got 311k in the bank. Uh, give me your thoughts, guys. I've got some ideas, but just want to know your guys' thoughts as well. Cheers. Corby, that's you, my man. Kyle, how are we? Um, <laughs> so uh, he's priced at the 388K, and then you've got the 300K in the bank. So that gives you 688K to play with. Uh, I was hoping for a bit more of a price-wise in text too, but I wasn't expecting anything major in saying that as well. Um I I need to get rid of him. So I'm sort of, this is actually the same scenario I've got. I like Armour, Armour that uh, TK was talking about just with the recent news. Um, I I don't really need to go over those stats too much more because TK is covered. I will just cover, he he has got a points per minute of 1.09. So if he can increase his minutes from 44, which you think if he's a starting go-to prop, but for Noel Blake was the man, Mm. um, surely he, yeah, increases on that average of 47. That that's it saves you good water cash though to then upgrade and look for others down the track as well. Uh, Leilua again, something that was mentioned earlier with the Brooks Luciano. Um, they've played some tough teams and they've got a good run coming up. I think he could also benefit as well as Brooks on the back of uh, against some old cl- uh, weaker clubs like Cowboys, Bunnies, a bit tougher, Manly, and then Saints. You always rise against your old club. Uh, the other one, there's a third one, is mm. Rapana. He's Ooh, yeah. one that I'm looking at. He's 51 average. He's got the jewel, center wing. Um, I reckon he's probably the pick of the jewels. Uh, the only thing that hurts me is that I didn't jump on, on him already at 124K uh, price rise. It's already gone. But, yeah, he, he's definitely another one to consider. I don't know who in your team or what positions you need to look at, but center wing, wing of fullback. Uh, center wing fullback or front row mid, uh, there's two pretty good options. Yeah, I like that, Corby. You like yeah, that a lot, actually. I'll, I'll back that up because I was going to, with your first two picks, I was going to say, I reckon a few people might actually have Tex Hoy in their wing of fullback position and have no cover. So they'll be trading him out and they'll need a wing of fullback. So you hit the nail on the head with Rapana there. Yeah, the jewel, um, jewel really caps that off. 
Yeah, it definitely gives a massive price rise. The other option to Toto and Gutherson, but the two have a price. So I think we're partners, you man. All right, last question, boys. Yeah, g'day, guys. Mark here from the Gold Coast again. Um, had a great week this week, and um, with there's only two notable exceptions with Jamal Fogarty and Satili, Satili Tupanua in my side, who got really dud scores because of a couple of injuries. Um, my question's about those two blokes and whether it's time to move them on or not. Um, my gut with Fogarty is no. He plays in round 13, and I still see him as a keeper. So um, as assuming his role hasn't changed too much, uh, I, I'm thinking about keeping him. Your thoughts on that? Um, and Tupanua is an interesting one because I'm not sure whether he's a keeper or not, and his price rises are about to tank with that score of two. On the bright side, he is playing in the next five rounds Cronulla, St. George, and Parramatta, who are all three dreadful teams. Um, <laughs> now nah, only joking, fellas, but in all seriousness, <laughs> would you keep Tupanua or would you sell him? If it helps, I don't have Fafita and he's on my radar. Thanks for the party, boys. See ya. Yeah, nice question, Marky. Back for a second one. But, but I, I think you just got to hold both. When you think it's just unlucky injuries, Fogarty corked thigh. He toughed it out for 51. It was in the first minute. Tupanua, HI after 12 minutes. Have a look at the averages. Fogarty, 63-34-61. That's what he scored this year. Elite. Tupanua, 62-70-49. Elite. You made a decision to invest in these guys. You're going to waste trades trying to get them out. Like, at the end of the day, there's no vaccine for a HIA. Like, any player, the way rugby league is, it can happen in any minute of any game. It can be Teddy. It can be DCE. It's just the luck of the draw. Sometimes getting your head in the wrong place. Go with these boys. They're big. And it, once say so at the moment, you don't want to be bringing them in this week because break even for Fogarty is 73, Toops is 61. But if you're a holder and you hold them for a good time, they're scorers and you don't want to get rid of these guys and miss the opportunity. Both play in very good teams and I think you're going to hurt yourself big time if you try to trade both these guys out. So my advice would be to hold and hold good. This oh. goes back to shooters talk when someone has a bad score and you panic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I actually seen his score and I was like, he played fifty one minutes and he only got seven. Like, how the hell is that even plausible? But if you're yeah. saying he got cork in the first minute, yeah. that makes perfect sense. Yeah. First very minute. So to get that seven, he actually did you a favour. Somehow he just kind of staggered on because that's not good. I had one a couple of months ago. This is back to my doctor days too, but. Yeah, they're not good. When, when you start getting cold and you're not doing stuff on the field, they go off hard. And I'm surprised he even got to 51 minutes. That's big time. With his mention, though, with Fafita on the radar, if he can possibly trade out a Fogarty or a Tupanua, mm. get Fafita if he has the cash with another cheapie, is that something that might be good for him? Because Fafita's... He's a, he's a keeper, right? yeah. and I, I just see him going. He's made one hundred and twenty k already. Do you see him going up? Is that possibly? I think he, an option he could use or go up. I just think that he might have missed the boat. I think if you wanted for feed, he had to do it a round ago. I think you're just not going to get enough kind of time with him before Origin, and then you're going to have to either hold or drop him at the Origin. He said it himself. Fog Titans don't have a bite till round seventeen, so he's going to have Fogarty all the way through pending injury. So the only thing maybe this week he might not be kicking. That's the other thing. Week back, you, you can recover from a cork thigh real easy. Like when I did mine, I was good to go the next week. And that's only with kind of one physio session. They'll be doing physio on him every day. So well, you're, a, you're a quick healer. I'm a, I am a you're lead. A, I'm a you're lead. a physical specimen. I that's am. what you are. Mid-30s, so. just specimen. <laughs> they call me Arnie. <laughs> All right, boys. It's time. It's time for our team, not reveals, but our team fix up. But this also could be one of these ones. This could easily be trap city bitch, trap trap city bitch, trap city bitch, trap trap city bitch, trap city bitch, trap trap city bitch. Just a disclaimer: this could easily be a trap. <laughs> yeah, because like Snake Corby, he likes snaking me all the time. He's probably going to give me the worst advice in the world right now. Nah, look, uh, full credit to that to us boys. Oh, oh, I want one of us to go well in draft because. These other lads in our comp, they honestly, they give it to us. I've had a couple. I'm zero from four, and I'm struggling. So I would really appreciate your tips. And listeners, if you've got some options as well, give me in. So, yeah, I need help. 
All right. <laughs> Corby, why don't we start with the king because you're leading us. I think you're leading me by about 100 points in classic. Where yeah. – why don't you – actually, Andy, why don't you break down Corbs and we'll go from there. Are we talking uh, uh, draft Class- or classic? No, no we're, not classic. Doing, we're not oh. doing draft tonight. We're only doing classic. My bad. Sorry, listeners. Uh, stuff I, I can. I'll start. Corby, I reckon. No, no, I'm good. I've, I've got all the stats here. I've just sort of thought we're doing drafts. So, look, with with, t- with uh, Corby's team, so Corby, his massive strength is Cleary. <laughs> so that's his number one thing. He's really the captain. So I think, but with that, he has he had to put his all his cash into money makers and not uh, solid starters. But the the good thing is with Corbs is. He's got a lot of money makers. He's got Sam Walker. He's got Utoy Kamano. He picked up Braley. He's got Little. Uh, he's got he's got Terps. Uh, we all gave we all a few of us sold Terps early on when he was sort of had that shit round two, but he he come good. So got a lot of strengths. Um, do we, do we want to go from strengths all three of us and then go to the weaknesses, or do you want me to go to the weaknesses now? Yeah, well, we're on the strengths. I think yep, you so you, you summed it up pretty well, and I think. Like you said, there's probably just one glaring hole. That's Rima Smith in the centres. But I reckon, Corbis, you can fix that up because you've got Hoy to take out. Depending on your cash situation, you could easily fix that, I think, with Jackie Bird. Yeah, well, I, I'm even thinking Rapana. I've got about 680 to spend. I've got about 320 sitting in there from last week from a downgrade. Um, if that's the case, yeah, 100% get Rapana, mate. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I'm looking at at the moment. And I, I was also looking at a, a double up. I know we talked about not doing double <laughs> trades, but I've got Lockie Croker and Avarillo in there too. That mm. uh, their break evens are manageable; uh, they're achievable. Um, yeah, I'll, it's it's either Armel or Rapana. Like my advice that I gave out is what I'm really looking at. At those two, well, are look who I'm looking at getting in. Well, going off um off Tommy's interview we had uh, last week. Having that money in the bank is is useless, and I've and I've made a mistake as well. So, like, yeah, okay, you may have Hoy as a loop, which you could use in your bottom, but if you can trade him out and use the cash that you've got banked in your savings, it's literally making nothing. I think a Hoy to Rapana sounds so much better. Like, you've got uh, a lot more potential there. I think that's that's the probably play you make there in that scenario. Yeah. Um, I think so as well. Don't yeah. burn. Only burn one trade, I reckon. Corbs, just get Rapana in. He'll make you. He'll make you some good points this week. Yeah, learn from our boy old um, Shooter McGavin and just sort of hold off on those trades, mate. And that will help you heaps because my other point was that you didn't have any wing fullback cover in quality, so that would mean that if someone dropped out, you would actually have to cover him by dropping him. But by having Rapana there, you don't have to mm. do that anymore. So yeah, well, that's exactly right. Hoy was that cover, not great cover, but yeah. Yeah, I think that's a massive upgrade. All right, let's rip apart Andy's team. Now, you had Fogarty, unfortunately. That dropped you back a little bit, Andy. But mm. I was surprised you didn't have Dane Laurie, mate. What was the behind that? Uh, I think when I was at the time, I, I went um, uh, Alvaro and uh, who was it? I think I needed someone else as well. I need uh, had a, a, a fall. So I picked up an Alvaro and I think Croker was going well at the time. So I left Laurie out, unfortunately. But um. <laughs> Yeah, so which left me lacking, but yeah, keep keep ripping it apart, I guess. Okay, no, I think you do really well. You got good forwards in Angus, Fafita, Paulo, great back three. I just think maybe your Fogarty and Brooks are too similar. I think one of them needs to go because they're literally giving you the same. Like you don't want to chase Cleary now, so that might mean that you might need to stick with them. The good thing about those two is they've got the later buy period, so you actually could hold them. They're still probably going to score you some good points. It's just depending on whether you want to go to Cleary the next level. I think just later in your, your kind of back end, like you've got some really good players in your team. I just think you've got three, Hoy, Croker, Avarilla that aren't doing anything at all, so they're not making any money. But you do have 16 reliable scorers, so you're still going to score somewhere between 800 and 950, I reckon, every week. It's just to get to that next level, you might need to invest in Cleary. Well, my, my, my thoughts were to trade Tessie Niu to Bird. Yep. And then um, either Croker or Hoy to an Armour on the bench because uh, Armour was looking to solidify that that uh, forward spot at the Warriors. So mm. I think you've got some massive money to earn there. So I think there's a bit of a cash price there. So the new to Bird and the Croker to Hoy to Armour, if if that 
uh, works out will be my probably trade and then possibly hold off next week because I've burnt too many trades already. <laughs> yeah, how many trades? Have you used your max so far, which would be um, six plus this week, eight? So give me two seconds. I'll let you know how much I have. I have um, trades. I've got 30 trades left. Okay, so you've burnt two a week. Corbs, your thoughts on Andy's team? Yeah, similar to what you were just saying then. I, I just think the the halves situation is a bit of a weakness. There's no lot. There's, there's some big halves. And, and if you're going to not go the Cleary, um, I feel like you could probably get that other big edge, uh, like a, a Maddo or a Tohu Harris. I'd be targeting one of those bigger players in there with the the cash that you have saved from Cleary. Um mm. Because you said you've got a bit in the bank as well, 300 or so. So, yeah, get mm. another big gun forward. Jordan Ricky's good, but I just think there's um, there's some other big ones just around, not quite Dave for feeder style. Yeah, Put like him in that. an emergency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe a hoy to a, um, a an edge. I'll find an edge. I'll, yeah, I'll do no, that. I think, I, think that I think that's some good one. That's That could be an upgrade of your, your halfback because you've got a couple of young halfbacks you can stick in there, any. And then yeah, get, I've got get a, a nice there, so that's fine. toy with that jewel has to be nice because then you can kind of play around with them a little bit more. And I'll shoey when he gets a jewel next week, so we're sweet. All right, boys, my team to rip apart. I finally, I don't think I'm going to make any trades, but give me some advice. Corby, why don't you start? Yeah, so uh, Walker in your starting halves, oh, I'm, I still think he's going to score between that 40 and 50. Um, but yeah, yeah. Your forwards, Tarpany, Fafita, Crichton, there's some attacking prowess in there. Uh, we've all got Watson. Is anyone worried about him fullback this week scoring less? I tell you what, I don't. He's not fullback, isn't he? He's five six. eight. Yeah. Oh, he's six. That's worse. I, I don't. I don't think so because I think Watson is such a busybody, and uh, from being, him being a lock, I think he just loves it, and he's going to get himself in and amongst the game. I think you see Watson go to another level. He may not score the same amount of points that he's done, but he will get involved in this game because he's just a person who wants to play well for the Knights and he's just he's just a workhorse. If he plays 80 minutes, I think he'll get 50 plus. Look, it's a it's a gut feel, but he's just he he's just a weapon. Yeah. I, he came honestly, off the, Dane, He came off the bench in that round one at game two and he and he played five eight. Against the doggies, so he does mm. have a little bit of stats there. I think yeah. he'll be he'll be busy, so he'll he'll keep getting forty five fifty. In in that, so look at um uh, Dylan Brown. So Dylan Brown makes thirty plus tackles a game, and he scores fifty plus every game. Uh, he could be that Dylan Brown sort of uh, player because he's obviously can tackle. He's a lock. He's a lock. So he makes tackles for, for, like for breakfast, but uh, he has that uh, attacking prowess where he loves running the line. So. Yeah, I still think he's still going to score well at five eight. So you got no, you got no drama there. Yeah, um, I, I think. Yeah, the, I've burned a lot of trades. Like this is the first week I'm not going to trade any because I've yeah, burnt I, six already. So I don't think you need to. Eh? I think your team looks pretty strong. Your centers are okay. Your your halves obviously a little bit weak, but you've got Egan, Latrell, Mitchell, and Ricky and Schuster as your uh, interchange, which are pretty strong. I'm probably going to bring and Little in now. I'm thinking. I'll, I'll, I would Little. Would, I, would you, would you swap Walker for Schuster? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I wouldn't, as the opposition, the, the manly aversing. I don't think Schuster's going to score that well. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely bring Little in at eighty minutes. He's been actually scoring pretty well. Yeah, so um, I'll yeah. put him back on the bench. So but the okay, I did drop Latrell on the bench, but just to let him know, to let nah. him know he's not playing well, and he better if he wants to get starting minutes, he better play I reckon, good. I reckon you put. Latrell in because they're versing the Broncos and he's going to unleash. Uh, I, I reckon maybe even... I'm sending him a message, Andy. It doesn't matter whether he's on the interchange or he's starting. They still <laughs> score the same points. Have you got <laughs> anyone you can possibly trade in for... Would you trade... Is Sorry, this is a, probably a silly question, but mm. would you trade Jack Gazowski for an injured player who might play in the next week or the week after to possibly be able to use a loop? Maybe. Would that be a thing you could use? Because honestly, Jack Kazowski is useless. Get him out of yeah. your team. If you could trade him in for a player who is playing next week, who's just not playing this week because of injury or suspension, and then use him as that loop option for your emergency. I think yeah, for, for me, that would be my um, recommendation for you. Just to be honest, one trade with that. 
I don't want to loop. Loops for pussies. No, and, what do you mean? It's all and about I the don't want though. to do it over the weekend too. I hate just looking at it over the weekend. I don't want to move players. Yeah, but Jack Kazowski is horrendous. He's not going to score anything. Yeah, but just with Jack, he's only got a break in every 25, so it's not urgent. But what if, you you were, if you were to play that strategy, uh, Tommy Gilbert, I don't know. Mm. But it's it's very risky, though. I wouldn't do it, TK. It's not worth the trade because well, uh, to get him out, I've, I've got to actually, I've got to actually trade him out. That's the problem. Like I have to burn a trade just to trade him out. I might as well just let him just die there. Yeah, but if you can put someone in there who might eventually make money, like uh, yeah, I don't, I just, I, I see someone putting someone in your team like that, like a Jack Kozowski, who his break even is twenty five, but I'm not even sure he'll make his break even. Is that useless? Yeah, I know that. Sorry. The reason why I don't want to trade him out is I've got nineteen scoring players and money makers. They're all making money and they're all scoring, and I can pick nineteen players. I think that's the difference between my team and your team. Like, for example, the players that you have at 14 and 15, I've got at 18 and 19. That's mm. because I've kind of balanced my team a little bit. I don't have the same strength as you guys in the halves. So I've kind of gone away from that a little bit to strengthen my forwards. And I think Brian Kelly's on borrowed time too. I'm giving him two weeks. He's already annoyed me for three weeks. So I could get some well, money that way as well. He's back now in his tenant position. Philip Sammy's in the wing. So he could uh, he could play well, but, yeah, he'd be um, – Give him a week and see how he goes, I guess. Yeah, I think so as well. Boys, any any thoughts before we motor off? Uh, do we want to have a bit of a draft chat or nah? Nah, we'll be here for an hour on your team. <laughs> no, you're not wrong, eh? We'll come, we'll come back to them. We can give you some Just private. Do... Talk to Corby. He's first anyway. What am I giving you advice for? <laughs> oh, I, got, I got lucky on the weekend. But, yeah, to, we need a whole pod in itself to talk about your backs. <laughs> Andy, yeah, look, the time now happens. is this is Wednesday at 9.10. You have got 21 hours to pick up Morgan before I do, right? I don't. I just don't see job security. Yeah, look. This will be, be a good one to, for you to laugh back at him when he scores well. Or he yeah, could be playing. Or he could be playing. That could also be happening. All right, boys, best of luck for the weekend. None of us are playing each other. That's always good, but... Draggies, draggies and para. When are you going to be having uh, yeah, a team well, look, song? Hey, uh, can we possibly look at getting a visual of next podcast somehow? So, because so we can actually get the listeners and viewers to watch Gorby wearing a para jersey next week. Yeah, it won't be happening. I actually, <laughs> I actually think that Corby deserves a start. I don't think head to head's fair. I reckon four and a half start for Corby Dragons. Oh, look, he was pretty yeah. vocal. He was pretty give, vocal at how how much we were going to give me the line. Give me the hey, line. I reckon give him no, the no, line. No, no. Hey, he he was pretty vocal about how much we were going to get pumped. So I'm happy to take. Give me the line, he, Andy. You're undefeated. You're talking hey, up like no, you're going to win the premiership. Hey, hey. hey. You keep saying how we've versed terrible team. So, look, it's on you. I'm not going to give you the line because you keep talking shit about them. So, shut your mouth. End the podcast. See you later. Wow. <laughs> what a cat. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will catch you next week. Bye.